Welcome to Living Proof, the podcast series of the University at Buffalo School of Social Work at www.socialwork.buffalo.edu. We're glad you could join us today. The series Living Proof examines social work research and practice that makes a difference in people's lives. I'm your host, Adjua Robinson, and I'd like to take a moment to address you, our regular listeners. We know you have enjoyed the Living Proof podcast as evidenced by the more than 130,000 downloads to date. Thanks to all of you. We'd like to know what value you may have found in the podcast. We'd like to hear from all of you, practitioners, researchers, students, but especially our listeners who are social work educators. How are you using the podcast in your classrooms? Just go to our website at www.socialwork.buffalo.edu forward slash podcast and click on the Contact Us tab. Again, thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you. Hi from Buffalo, where the sailboats are back in the Outer Harbor and our downtown marina is open for business, I'm Peter Sabota. We would all like to age gracefully in a place, preferably, that we've come to love. But we know that doesn't always work out for even the most privileged among us. But what does it mean to age in place if you've never had a place? That's only one of the questions asked by our guests. In this episode, Dr. Lori Thomas and Dr. Jan Ivory discuss their work teasing out and identifying the contradictions in service delivery systems and the developing knowledge of older adult homelessness. Our guests describe the unique markers for research in this area and the scope and nature of the population. Doctors Thomas and Ivory conclude by identifying the gaps present in service delivery systems and their suggestions for improving both the sensitivity and the societal response to this growing population. Dr. Jan Ivory is Associate Professor at Georgia State University School of Social Work, where interests include collaborative partnerships, capacity building, community organization and development, and gerontology. Dr. M. Laurie Thomas is Assistant Professor at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte's Department of Social Work. We'd like to congratulate Dr. Thomas, who has recently been named as a 2011 Hartford Faculty Scholar to cultivate her research. Drs. Ivory and Thomas were interviewed by telephone for this podcast by Nancy Kosmal, a doctoral student here at the UB School of Social Work. I'm Nancy Kosmal, a doctoral student at the University at Buffalo School of Social Work. Here with me to talk about homelessness in older adults are Dr. Lori Thomas, Assistant Professor of Social Work at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, and Dr. Jan Ivory, Associate Professor at Georgia State University School of Social Work. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we start with each of you telling us about what brought you to the topic of older adult homelessness? Sure. Well, this is Lori, and I came to this topic because of my practice experience. I began a program in the greater Richmond, Virginia area while I was in graduate school that served individuals uh, with serious mental illness and co-occurring substance abuse disorders who were also chronically homeless. And through that experience, I recognized that we had spent a lot of time making sure that we were creating a program that followed some pretty 
strict guidelines. We were implementing an evidence-based program, but in doing so and in close and careful attention to what we were doing in program implementation, we also, I recognize, we weren't really paying attention to at least the specific needs of about a third of our program participants, and those were the folks who were 50 and over. And it wasn't until I left and, and started a faculty position that I realized, wow, we had this a significant group of folks that we hadn't paid attention to some of their special needs because of their aging needs. And I became really interested in older adult homelessness through that path. Hi, this is Jan. And I actually came to the issue related to homelessness among older adults kind of through two separate veins of research. My dissertation research focused on organizational partnership among individuals who provide services to homeless individuals. And a lot of my early work was focused on organizational capacity, the ability to partner together, and to develop applications for HUD continuous care funding. Well, kind of fast forward three or four years, and I was drawn to exploring issues related to community and organizational capacity as it related to service delivery for older adults within the metropolitan Atlanta area. And from my prior relationship with Lori, because we were both doctoral students in the same program, we would have numerous conversations over the years and talk about the work that we were presenting, and we kind of had an aha moment when we figured that it made sense for us to start to look at the concepts related to aging in place as it relates to a population who may not have had stable housing over the course of their lifetime. Now, Lori, you mentioned adults 50 and older. How are you defining older adults in the context of homelessness? Yeah, that's a great question because we often start our discussion of older adulthood at 62 or 65. And what we know about older adults on the street or folks who've experienced homelessness are that the markers, both biological and mental health markers of aging, actually begin much sooner. And we have studies that range from beginning discussing older adulthood and homelessness beginning at 50 or as early as 45. And so generally when when we're discussing older homeless adults, we're talking about adults 50 and over, although, again, in the literature, there's some variation there with 45, 50, 55 being the age at which we, we are talking about older homeless adults. Can you describe the scope and the nature of older adult homelessness? This is Lori. Sure, I can go ahead and do that. We know that there are about 1.6 to 3.5 million people homeless annually, and that is that's quite a range, but that's based on different methods counting our homeless population. We know that of that percentage, about 2 to 8 percent of the homeless population is 65 and older, and that's generally where we're counting older adult homelessness in those more official counts. When we start to talk about older homeless adulthood starting at age 50, we see that about 25, a quarter, roughly a quarter to a third of the homeless population are actually um, 50 and over. Pretty significant portion of the homeless population that doesn't get very much attention in the literature. This is work that you guys have presented at uh, Council on Social Work Education last fall, and in that presentation you discussed the concept of aging in place. Can you tell us more about that and how it relates to this homeless group? Sure. This is Jan. Aging in place is a broad term that's used to describe older adults living in their own residencies and communities as long as possible without moving to a more restrictive environment, such as a nursing home or assisted living facility. 
And whenever I think about the term or discuss the term, it somewhat is a no-brainer in that people want to remain in the places that they identify as home as long as possible. So when we begin to think about this concept of aging in place, we need to consider the fit of older adults within their residential settings as they age. And this becomes essential because there isn't always a goodness of fit between the older adults as they age and their existing community. And when we begin to think about this concept as it relates to older adults who may be homeless, well, what does it mean to age in place if you've never had a place for a long period of time? Um, what does it mean when we start to look at how we can keep older adults socially integrated into their communities if a person has been living on the streets for a significant period of time and may not have had that opportunity to develop those social bonds and connections that help to facilitate aging in place and even going a little bit further, the successful aging paradigm in which individuals remain active throughout the course of their life. So what theoretical frameworks have you used to inform your understanding of aging in place? Is it different than, would you say, general aging in place? This is Jan. That's a good question. And a lot of this is drawn from ecological theories that emphasize the person and environment perspectives. And specifically, Lawton's press competence model has been one framework that we have used to guide our work. And basically, this model was one of the first to examine the relationships between what's considered a person's competencies, such as their biological health, sensory motor functioning, and cognition in their environment. And this model postulated that it's a combination of individual competencies as well as individual presses or demands that can affect adaptive behavior or how people actually age. So in other words, the health and well-being of older adults with lower levels of competence, i.e. physical, mental, social health, will be the ones most negatively affected by environmental demands, such as poor transportation, high crime, insufficient services, or as it relates specifically to our work, unstable housing or non-existent housing environments. So what are some critical perspectives of the Aging in Place model for the homeless population? This is Lori, and one of the things that um, Jan and I have both discussed is kind of how paying attention to older homeless adults helps us also look at kind of the standard aging in place discussion through a critical lens and particularly critical perspectives actually call our attention to several things that are happening in the aging in place discussion that are really appropriate to consider for particularly this population but for a lot of vulnerable populations who are aging in place and one is the restructuring of the life course. And even before that, let me say this, one, one of the main things that critical perspectives do are they caution us about kind of the risk of using adaptation or assuming adaptation as a central concept. And, and those critical perspectives ask us to consider what are we having folks adapt to. So, for instance, are we asking folks to adapt to this chaotic life of streets and shelter and what are the implications of that for um, aging, health, and well-being. But beyond that, critical perspectives ask us or suggest that we pay attention to how the dominant discourse about aging in place has kind of restructured the life course of aging. So we have these expectations of bountiful youth. There's also a restructuring of social space um, and what um, one scholar has called the redevelopment of landscapes of later life, Blakey, 
telling us to go to change our perspective from an old folks home to more of the aging recreationally and as an escape and a haven um, and just that restructuring is suggesting that age, older adulthood is healthy and carefree and problem free and so sometimes that aging in place conversation um, is focused more on these restructured ideas of youth and restructured ideas of social space um, and really present us with a pretty privileged view of aging and critical perspectives, particularly with um, this population, call us to that privileged view of aging and that not all and many um, of our most vulnerable are not aging in such a way. You're suggesting contradictions, and in some of the work you presented, you suggested that there are contradictions within and between the personal, the service, and the environmental processes needed for older adults who are homeless to find an environmental fit. Could you talk more about those contradictions? This is Jan, and building upon what Lori talked about with the critical perspectives, one of the critiques um, or as we begin to look at the successful aging paradigm using the critical perspective lens, is that it is making some underlying assumptions that people have reached a point in their lives uh, using a life course perspective. They've gone through um, significant transitions and trajectories that have brought them to this place. So now the expectation is that they engage in ABC-type behaviors, they should be able to live a long and fruitful life. Well, one of the things that's missing from that discussion is, well, what about those who may not have been privileged throughout their life course? Because when you think about aging, it's actually a culmination of your life experiences up to that point. So what happens when you have a vulnerable population who has been living on the street and has had aspects of their health and well-being compromised given the demands that arise from living on the street? That's one perspective. Another perspective is what happens when we look at our service delivery models. Yes, there's renewed and increasing attention to individuals who are getting older due to the shift in our demographics. However, again, there kind of isn't always attention paid to what are the services for those who are the most vulnerable and may need maybe a more intensive type of services at this particular stage of their life course compared to others. So are you suggesting that maybe the homeless services are not addressing the older adults, but the older adult services aren't addressing the homelessness? This is Jan. Exactly. Uh, and it seems that there's a gap somewhere in that the service delivery systems kind of aren't communicating with each other. And that's one of the things that Lori have I, and I have started to propose for our work is how can we look to see what the connections are between these two populations and how do we need to restructure environment so that we can keep that best fit for individuals going through these transitions. Do you have particular suggestions or implications for improving the service delivery to homeless older adults? Nancy, if I could possibly go back just a second and talk a little bit more about some of those internal contradictions or those contradictions that Jan and I have been noticing. One of the things that we talk about for healthy aging in general is just a re retaining a sense of control um, as one ages and the, the importance of building choice into these aging in place environments. So 
people really, really are, even if they are moving from that primary sense of control, which is where they feel like they can control external changes that are happening to them, to this more secondary sense of control where they can control what's happening, how they respond to these external circumstances. Jan and I have discussed is that often the the care environments that older homeless adults experience have removed all sense of control. There's not only does a person not have control over where they're staying and now they don't have a place to choose to go to, once once they check into the homeless services system or enter into the homeless services system some way, there aren't many mechanisms of control that are built into that care environment. So so we actually see some really explicit contradictions of what we know we need for healthy aging happening as people are, there's very little control that people are able to exercise um, within the homeless services system. So what are some suggestions or implications for improving these services to homeless older adults? Recognizing that there is this subpopulation that gets so little treatment or so little consideration in both research and practice. Um, There are, I can tell you, probably two places across the country. So Boston um, has a really strong emphasis on aging homeless adults, as does LA. And both of those places certainly don't reflect the norm across the country. And most of our service, homeless service sectors are not responding specifically to the problem of older adult homelessness, even though we know that that group will be growing in the next 50 years, and we've seen a couple of cohort studies that suggest to us the the overall aging of the homeless population, specifically addressing this specific subpopulation is one important suggestion. I think another one would be there's some promise in a recent innovation called Housing First, I think, for older homeless adults, which really focuses on securing housing as an initial step in service delivery. Um, and kind of providing that, um, what you know, we frequently teach our students about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, really kind of securing that base level of housing beyond shelter and letting folks progress, go on in services from there. Um, that has been very, a very useful model with other populations, particularly the chronic homeless population, and I think provides some helpful or some promise for working with older homeless adults. It builds upon Lori's previous point in that we need to take a contextual approach to aging when working with this particular population and making sure that researchers, not only research but also practitioners, are aware that maybe some of the traditional ways of providing services may not work or they need to be altered. And I think that's one of the main take-homes that Lori and I hope to come out of this research that we need to place aging services within the context of an individual who has been experiencing homelessness and and moving away from kind of the one-size-fits-all approach. That ends the kind of questions I had prepared for this. Are there any areas of this topic that we haven't covered that you feel are important to share with our audience? Well, one of the things I realized I missed when we were talking about some of the patterns of what we know, while we older homeless adults, Hood has not really been explored in the literature. We do have some initial themes based on um, a few studies that have been done, and those might be important to share. Um, one would be that the racial disproportionality that exists in every homeless subcategory but also persists into older um, adulthood and homelessness. We see African Americans overrepresented in every homeless category, including um, older adulthood. 
We also see some potential gender differences in aging that would be important to explore in future research. Um, one study has suggested that men um, tend to age into older adulthood on the streets while women tend to have some later life event that where they lose their housing. Um, and that's usually some sort of family disruption, death of a caregiver, death of a spouse. So those things, we do see across the board an increase in new homelessness among older adults, regardless of gender. Oh, in addition, much like all categories of homelessness, there are multiple risk factors that lead to homelessness on both individual and structural levels, but it, it's widely considered that the ultimate determinants of homelessness among older adults are lack of affordable housing, lack of income supports or declining income supports, lack of outreach programs specifically for older homeless adults, and those sorts of things. So what do you see being the future of this area? being both in terms of research and in terms of service delivery. Do you have any hopes for the future in this area? Well, you know, when we presented at CSWE, there were a couple of folks in the audience who showed interest and were actually doing some initial research in this area. And so that's hopeful. We hope to continue our research in this area. Certainly, you know, we need all hands on deck, I think. There was a recent report by the National Alliance of Homelessness that expects that older adult homelessness, and they were defining it, I think, by age 62 and over, not even by age 50 and over, but older adult homelessness is expected to increase 33% by 2020 and increase by 50% by 2050. Um, with the aging baby boomers, you know, we, we really have a problem on our hand that is not sufficiently addressed in our research nor in our development of service alternatives. So I think it's an all-hands-on-deck need. And I guess my hope is, in addition to all hands on deck, it's just to bring renewed attention to this particular issue, particularly coming from a social justice perspective, of that we do have this segment of the population that currently does not have a voice, and my hope is that their voice and their experiences becomes incorporated into our models of service delivery or working with older adult populations. On that note, I want to thank you both for joining us for the University of Buffalo School of Social Work podcast series. Again, we have Dr. Lori Thomas from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and Dr. Jan Ivory from Georgia State University. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Dr. Jan Ivory and Dr. Lori Thomas discuss older adult homelessness on Living Proof. Hi, I'm Nancy Smith, Professor and Dean at the University at Buffalo School of Social Work. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about who we are, our history, our programs, and what we do, we invite you to visit our website at www.socialwork.buffalo.edu. At UB, we are living proof that social work makes a difference in people's lives.